Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 52 of Unfiltered. Today, I had Kevin Chen, who is currently a senior on the podcast. Um, I would say this has been one of my favorite episodes. I feel like recently, every episode that I've recorded, I've just really loved. But this was a very interesting and honest conversation that I was able to capture um and I'm really grateful for that so thank you to Kevin for being on it um thank you to you guys for listening um Kevin is a senior at Harvard so he has been through three years um and he's also pre-med he just finished his application process to medical school and he's not gapping so he's going straight in and I think his experiences and his feelings have been very interesting to hear about and to dissect. So he also has a very, um, he has very strong opinions on Harvard, on the pre-med community here, on pre-med requirements, on work-life balance. And he also shares what motivates him and how he's feeling recently about going into med school. So this was a really, really cool episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. My favorites for this week um, are the so the band Camino released a new album um and i think every song on that album is actually so good the album is called the band Camino um there are rarely albums with a lot of songs in which i like every song but i i genuinely like every song on that album so really good um bright side by the lumineers is good i love the lumineers they just released it um Wide Open by Toby Lou is also a good song. Been listening to that. And then 96 Bulls by Coda the Friend. And then my last favorite is The Cold Brew with Pumpkin Oat Foam from Pete's Coffee. I've been getting that a lot because it's been a little colder outside. And Cold Brew is just so good. I think I like it because there's a lot of caffeine in it. I think I said this exact same thing last week, so ignore me if I did, but yeah. Um, and then in terms of highlights, I went to my first Harvard football game on Friday. Um, it was Harvard versus Brown, and it was just so fun. Like, it really reminded me of high school, like high school Friday Night Lights, and being able to wear Harvard merch and and be in the crowds was super fun. Um, we beat Brown. I think in the beginning it was really exciting because we kept scoring, and then it got to a point where it was kind of boring because we were winning by so much. Like, I think at 42-0, my friends and I decided to leave because we were like, well, this is kind of boring. Um, but it was a really cool experience. Um, this is random, but there is a restaurant in the square called Russell House Tavern, and they have oyster happy hours, like 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Thursdays, and the weekends, I think, are similar hours. And so... I went uh, to the Oyster Happy Hour with um, my roommate Amanda and then a few, a couple upperclassmen um, who have actually been on this podcast before, Dylan and Ben. That was really fun. Um, and this isn't something that's already happened, but tomorrow I get to go to this really cool restaurant called Citrus and Salt in Boston that I've been meaning to try. So yeah, there's just a few highlights of this week. Um, again, it's just been really busy um, and I feel like the weeks just fly by. So really weird that we're already at Saturday again. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is episode 52. I hope you guys enjoy. Um, try to keep the intro short because the actual episode is pretty long, has a lot of good stuff in it. Um, hope you guys enjoy. And without further ado, let's get on to the first segment. Hi everyone, I'm currently sitting next to Kevin Chen. Um, so go ahead and give your introduction. Hey everyone, my name is Kevin. I'm a senior in Career House studying chemistry and statistics. I'm also pre-med. So my personal interests are skiing, playing tennis. Also a big fan of exploring restaurants in, in Boston. So mm -hmm. e Rex, hit me up. Yep. Um, let's see. So Kevin is pre-med <laughs> um, and he's also a senior. So he's, you're in the middle of applying right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm right? applying right now. Yeah, so you went through the whole like Harvard pre-med journey. Um, and I guess I wanted to have you on just to ask you about what your experience at Harvard has been like, especially yeah. since you are pre-med. Um, yeah, so the first question I have for you is just like, what has your academic journey been like from freshman year to now? And that can include like pre-med, 
uh, experiences or, or non-pre-med experiences. Yeah, totally. Before I start, I just want to give a little content warning since I know you guys have a really, really happy, bright podcast, but um, I just want to make clear that everything is like my own personal experience. So maybe other people experience different things, but mm-hmm. I'm going to try to be honest with mine, at least. These are all opinions. Yeah, they're all Personal opinions. experiences. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go so ahead. I, I honestly like, don't think I've had the smoothest academic journey. I think freshman year, I, I did poorly based off my standards. Um, I think most people come in like not having gotten very many grades below an A minus or even below an A, just you have to probably be close to that good for most people to get into Harvard. So um, honestly, like I felt like I was not ready for like the intensity of the, my classmates, I think is the biggest one. Um, because to be honest, I, the material I covered in like LS1A or some of my classes was not, was not necessarily new material. It was a lot of the rehashing of the old stuff, but wasn't prepared for how hard people worked in their classes. Mm-hmm. Um, like going to office hours, making sure the answers were like perfect. Whereas I was just like, oh, like my answer is probably right. And just turn in my mm-hmm. piece at, um, and part of that, I also think I like both underestimated and overestimated Harvard. Like it's both harder and easier than you think, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that like, I think it's possible to learn the material, but it's really hard to like kind of keep up with intensity. Mm-hmm. So I think one big mistake I made, particularly my first year of classes was just taking classes that I thought I should take to mm-hmm. be like a good pre-med, have time for activities and things like that. And definitely one thing I have learned is to really cater to your interests for courses. Um, like things, courses that make you like want to go to lecture and not fall asleep. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I stayed awake for a single LS1A, LS1B <laughs> lecture. Yeah. So I, I think that was a bad sign itself. Like one paragraph is not being brave enough to take LS50, even though I think I probably was prepared, but you're like intimidated by the Harvard name. Like, oh my God, everybody says like LS50 is such a challenging class, which mm-hmm. I'm sure it is, but um, I shouldn't have let that stop me from, t- from taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and generally I've also found that I don't like taking classes with lots of pre-meds in them. Yeah. Uh, can you explain that? Like why? <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like there's some inherent grade pressure uh-huh. because nobody talks about it, but everybody knows uh, like the better your GPA, probably the better odds. Like it's kind of an unspoken truth that pe- everybody feels. So when you're in pre-med classes, uh, I, I feel like students are more cognizant of their grades than whether they're learning sometimes, mm-hmm. um, particularly when I take like stat classes or like humanities classes, I feel like people are just there to like engage and learn the material versus um, there's like a segment of pre-meds when they take pre-med classes where I feel like they know the material and they still are like pushing just to like do the best I can to get the best grade they can, which is like, I think it's fine, but it's a lot of pressure for me and I don't mm-hmm. particularly enjoy that environment. Um, so I like, for example, when I'm taking like physics classes, I could PS12A, PS12B as opposed to um, PS2, PS3 because I enjoyed like taking it with non-premeds. Um, I, w- I sometimes think maybe I should take in like Chem 2030 instead of 1727 mm-hmm. um, if, they, if they both counted for the same things just because like the vibe is very different, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a personal thing, I feel. Maybe because I'm also in the group that cares about my grades. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's like, I think it's a fair point. Do you think the, I guess that, is it like an unspoken competition kind of in the class where everyone is like trying to keep keep an eye on each other's grades or something like that? Or is it more like you just don't like the stress? Uh, I think it's the stress. Um, Like at Harvard, it's never really, like I would never use the word competition, Uh but everybody is high achieving. Like everybody wants to get an A because that's what they're used to getting, but. Like ultimately not everybody gets an A. That's just how these things right. work. That's like, you can't, not, not everybody will get an A. And so, um, sometimes it's like, I feel like I understand the material. And if I just did the homework based off of like understanding the material, I'd probably get like an A minus in the class, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But, um, if I just put in like more work by going to office hours or comparing with more people or yeah. maybe like tearing and tweaking my answers a little bit more, mm-hmm. I'll like, get that 2% to get an A. Yeah. And I think that's something I found has been very specific to, to Harvard. Harvard, Harvard, and then particularly my pre-med classes. Yeah. It's not really about like whether, sometimes it feels like if they're not gauging whether I understand the material, they're gauging how much time did you put into yeah. this class, which I, I think is unfair. I felt that with LS1B because like sometimes it wasn't even the material itself. It was like how you phrase the question or like, or your answer, or I don't know, like how you presented your answers. 
which made me angry because like even though I thought I like said the answer in the way that I thought was correctly like based on your TF um the grade didn't always reflect like yeah. your understanding because sometimes I ask for something and then you describe the concept but you like blank on the exact name or something uh -huh. it's like I clearly understand what is being described here mm -hmm. but I just forgot the name of it and I think that should be fine because it's I'm understanding the material. Mm -hmm. Like the name is just the name. I can pick that up later. But they'll thank you for that, and I'll be like, okay, maybe if I spend like an extra hour studying that thing, I would remember the exact name. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that hour of my time is better spent doing other things rather than rereading that textbook or mm -hmm. like comparing pieces one more time, even though my answers are mostly right. Yeah. Um. So. You mentioned that like you wish you hadn't taken the classic pre-med requirements um like what are your thoughts on pre-med requirements at harvard um like specifically at harvard like the classes or just in general about what classes for i think specifically at harvard you know like, like the big LS1A. like ls1a ls1b yeah um because like, you try to stay away from those yeah i try my best i i think they're, they are weed out in, in kind of the right ways. Like they're not weeding you out because they're too hard. They're weeding you out because of maybe like lack of dedication because mm -hmm. you don't want to put those extra hours. And I guess maybe being a doctor is about putting those extra hours in. So maybe that speaks to like, maybe I'm not going to be the perfect doctor. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like there, there is a reason, but it would be nice if it didn't have to be like that. Yeah. I, I think it becomes like that because people are so high achieving here that everybody's putting their maximal effort to get an A mm -hmm. versus like in high school getting an A in classes like it was the bar is very low so it's definitely an adjustment coming here so I went to like a public high school in the middle of like midwestern suburbs it's mm -hmm. very different mm -hmm. um and you come here and what people consider hard work is like a step above what I thought was hard work in high school right so those things combine like make it feel like they weed you out because you're not hard working enough but I think there's value to like taking time and not like having to chase down until you're like perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's good to have some space, but like the requirements like kind of make sense, but in like a twisted way where I feel like they shouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, do you not think you're high achieving? I think I've forced myself to become a high achieving. Like this is from freshman year to now. Yeah. This is like a, probably like a deeper question, but um, when I came to Harvard, one of the reasons I picked Harvard is because I think it's a place that makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, I, people will tell you otherwise, but I think I'm inherently pretty lazy and unmotivated. Um, like I, I'm like, I'm down to sleep my bed all day. If I have nothing to do, like, I don't, I don't feel like I have to get up and do work all the time. Okay. But one thing about being at Harvard is like, regardless of like my other complaints or anything, it's like, it's nice to have other people who are like very, very motivated mm -hmm. that drives me to do better. I feel uncomfortable, like not doing work. Um, in some ways, I feel like I've grown in confidence, things like that, that I think are only possible because has, because Harvard has like pushed me way outside of my comfort zone in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. Like I was very uncomfortable with lots of things here freshman year, mm -hmm. but like I guess it's for the better that I am the way I am now. Yeah. So I, I do feel like I would make a better physician, do a better job mm -hmm. of many things, but um, the process has not been like super comfortable. All right. The time. So like after freshman year, um, did you? kind of like make a conscious decision to change the way you went about your work or like I don't know because you talked about how like freshman year you came in and it was kind of rough for you like the transition yeah. um and it sounds like you have a lot of regrets about like what you took um so do you think that's changed like maybe what you took in terms of courses maybe the way you approached your work like your yeah. attitude towards school um I think so like one thing that I am personally proud of is like I'm if, like when you're writing code or like you have a product like something like iteration you redo it uh -huh. um and you like improve it for the second time i think that's like i'm not good at many things but i think i'm good at like reiterating or like mm -hmm. iterating myself mm -hmm. and so um when i like recognize tangible weaknesses i think it's good for me like i'm able to address them quickly or try to find concrete ways to address them so that's why i was like okay making myself uncomfortable at harvard mm -hmm. in terms of in terms of mindset i think it's like a commitment to like it's like it's like, like the same idea of commitment to just doing better being better being better about it um like one thing i did was i take took more courses that are interest to me so mm -hmm. instead of taking like biology like that's expected maybe i added like that's why i did statistics i took more stats classes i enjoyed math 
and like quantitative mm-hmm. things a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, and then I think I always try to pick like a random class to take every semester. So I was taking like linguistics or anthropology or sociology, which are very outside my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I'm trying English this semester, but it's been pretty rough. So <laughs> maybe I won't try it anymore. Um, but I think that is also nice. It's like trying to make yourself feel like you're doing something out of the norm and like out of your comfort zone. It's like a big thing for me is mm-hmm. doing that. Okay. But I, I don't know if I like my mindset has changed that much. It's just like a reflection of like, uh, I, I should do better. So I just chose to do, do better. It's just, mm-hmm. It sounds really simple, but I know it's going to be really hard for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, no, that sounds very. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, you're also the president of the pre-med society. So what has that experience been like? And specifically, what are particular trends or qualities of pre-med students that you've observed and you've picked up on? Yeah, I think, I, I think that has been a source of a lot of stress. Um, like one yeah. thing I've had to do for the last couple of years is manage like the HPS mailing list, which as everybody who's pre-med probably knows, it's like lots of spam and lots emails. And what you don't know is that like, that's already after we cut out like spam. So like if, really? we, if it was just open, we'd cut out even more. But I think that stresses me out because I, I see the whole spectrum of what everybody is involved in on campus. And it's like a lot of people well, are doing a lot of things. Yeah. Cause I know for me, the mailing list stresses me out. Cause every time I get a new thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's another opportunity. I can't look at that. Like yeah. I'm an archive. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of FOMO because people are doing, obviously it's hard work. People are doing very cool things, but you can't do everything, You can't. but it feels like you should be doing everything because somebody yeah. else is also doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been, that's been like my biggest gripe with it. I think overall it's good. Um, one thing I feel like I'm trying to highlight more is like there are normal pre-med kids here because I think the more high visibility pre-meds are those who are a little bit more intense, like right. they're the ones finding clubs, publishing on the list. Like if they win awards, it's those. That's what I think a lot of people see or a lot of freshmen see mm-hmm. um, when they go to like club events and things like that. I But like, I think one goal I have is like highlighting that there's like people who are not that intense. Yeah. Like, yeah. In my mind, I convinced them to two groups, people who are just trying to get in the best med school they can mm-hmm. and people who are like pretty committed to going to top med school. Top 20 or bust. Yeah, that's, that's how I phrase it a lot. <laughs> um, and I think that like second group is the one that's more high visibility. Yeah. Uh, they, they work really hard, they're really intense. And so I, I think that that group is also the one that contributes to my stress in classes too. I, I'm like, Maybe it speaks to something of me that I'm friends with a lot of those people, but like having them as friends is like also very stressful. So like, even though I love like having pre-med friends, sometimes it's, it's nice to have non-pre-med friends also. Yeah. But I think a big thing is that I think in general, the community is actually really great. It's just, you don't see a lot of the people who are better and nicer, or like more chill about being pre-med because right. they're not as obvious just inherently because they're just like going about their daily lives mm, yeah i see yeah that makes sense because like all the pre-meds that you hear about are the ones like achieving like amazing things and like yeah. doing all these things and you're like oh that is like the pre-med like the harvard pre-med student but for the most part like not everyone's like that yeah sometimes <laughs> I, I wonder if the harvard environment makes people like that because i yeah. complain sometimes and when my friends are like it was like oh that's unfair like Maybe it's not because of the person, but because of the school and just the overall like environment that's inherent to, to going mm-hmm. to a mm-hmm. school like Harvard. I think particularly when people recognize it as a top school, if you ask most people like what the top school in the country is, I, I think like the easy answer is Harvard. And so I, that does contribute to, um, even outside of pre-med, I think students having a sense that they need to do something with their time here, accomplish something that yeah. I, I don't, I don't go to other schools I don't know, but I don't get the vibe that other schools have the same kind of intensity that like, oh, I go to Harvard, I can't waste my four years here and I have to mm, do something. Yeah, it feels very like, like you have to do something with it, yeah. which like, I, mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it does, it brings a lot of extra stress. So like speaking more on that, um, was Harvard always your top choice? And like, do you think going to Harvard was essential for your academic journey or do you think you could have gotten the same thing anywhere else? Um, do you want me to answer the pre-med trends and come back or do sure. you just skip over? Okay. Sure. So I, I know I didn't answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. I just want to touch on like the trends. I like one thing I think is people are more prepared coming into college. Like, uh, during my, uh, the year when we were virtual, I couldn't shadow. So I just ended up talking to a lot of alumni who were like 2000 
like or early 2010s, which is not that long ago, but a lot of them were like, oh, I had no idea. I wanted to go to med school until like sophomore or junior year. And I was studying something beforehand. And they all went to like pretty good med schools, like mostly top 20s. And I think that, so the vibe is entirely different because they were like, oh, I came here. I was just doing things I like to do. And I ended up discovering that I like medicine versus I feel like when I talk to a lot of people close to our year or like when I interview people for Prevent Society, they're like, yeah, like I've wanted to be a doctor since I was a kid. They had these like stories and um, they have done stuff in high school. They come and prepare, which I think is very new to me. I like did some like science stuff in high school. I volunteered, but like was not pre-med specific. I think more right, and more right. people come here prepared and pre-med specific things or they have ideas for what they want to do on campus, mm-hmm. like in terms of like founding clubs or how they want to engage with their pre-med journey, which is in some ways inspiring, but I know it's also a lot of pressure for everybody else who wants to be pre-med. So again, those are the people who are more visible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think like also like for a story I have with people who are in, like intense, this is like a recent one, but so I have a friend who's like publishing a paper, which is really cool. I'm really proud of him, but um, he had a gripe, like, oh, somebody else in my lab worked, like, I, he's been working for, like, over six months, like, it's been almost a year, and this other guy worked on it for over the summer because he just wanted to get a paper, and he worked so intensely that his name is actually ahead of my friend on the paper. Oh, wow. So I would say, like, that's not really competition because, like, you're not really pushing anybody else down, but I think that speaks to the type of person that goes to Harvard where they're willing to, like, work that hard and that intense to, like, achieve their goal. And so that is a lot of pressure for people who are yeah. maybe not necessarily ready, who are just trying to like go about their lives and like yeah. accomplish whatever their goals are. Not, yeah. not so such a crazy way. Yeah. Any, are there any other trends that you've noticed? Other trends? If not, we can just go to the Harvard question. <laughs> the, the big question of the podcast. The big question? <laughs> Does Kevin like Harvard? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the, the biggest trend. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, I sometimes worry that pre-meds now are more like homogeneous than before because I, I, I just feel like there's more people who have like the same stories about why they want to go and be pre-med because I feel like being pre-med is much more transparent in some ways now where people are aware of what's required and they want to hit like all the boxes, which I know is not, not quite right, but at the same time they want to get into med school. So right. obviously they're going to try to check off the boxes. So I think that that that's something like more new than before. Also, I feel like people take gap years less because they're unsure, but and more because they want to make sure their application is good. Mm-hmm. So like I think like more than like two thirds of people take gap years now. Um, I think the fact that med school apps is more like people have a better idea what they need to do. It, it kind of contributes to a lot of those things I touched on with people being ready earlier, people taking more right. gap years. Shadowing in high school. Yeah. Middle school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What what do you mean by homogenous though? Um, I, I feel like people want to have a very meaningful story about why they want to go into medicine. Like mm. I had this tr- sob story which mm-hmm. is a lot of people do that's fine like i believe their sob mm-hmm. story but it often stops it starts with a sob story then they're like oh and i realized like i want to help people i want to make that patient connection there's nothing like the patient connection i want to give back to society because of what medicine has done for me those are like good stories but um i i think one thing about going to harvard is seeing people make impact in other ways and being part of the diverse community of you know i'm friends with consultants people in finance who are sweet um and yeah that's like very healthy for my own like mental state yeah. and one thing i worry about going to med school is i'm surrounded by all these people who had these stories while i went to medicine they're like completely dedicated to medicine and mm. they've been working on this since they were like in middle school or high school and mm. now they're like finally achieving their goal versus mm. like i want to be a doctor like i know that but i i, I don't have that strong like sob story yeah. I, I, I technically wrote about a saucer in my, in my uh, personal statement, so I can't say that. But I worry about like I'm becoming one of those people. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to because I have like diverse interests, and I want to like highlight those even as a doctor. Yeah. So I, I think that's something I personally worry worry about is I don't. I think it's good that everybody has such strong dedication, and that you're going to be surrounded by people like like that because you probably want a good community to push you through like the hard years of medicine. But at the same time, it, it's really daunting because. Like you're getting so specific to a group of people, that's um, it, it can be pressure also. I mean, it's always like a spectrum, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. How does it make like... you feel as a, as a young pre med? Oh gosh, the question slipped on me. Okay, I think 
sometimes I'm like, oh, I think the idea of having a narrative is is really cool. Like a story of why you want to be a doctor. And like, usually that story is very deep. But then there are times where I'm like, I feel like now, especially since there's like a baseline standard for what you have to do to get into med school, like you have to obviously have some sort of interest in science and like do all this stuff. I feel like now there's like a trend of everyone trying to be very unique. And sometimes I feel like that is forced, like, and it seems very inauthentic. Like, sometimes I'm like, why isn't it enough to just be interested mm-hmm. in the subject? Like, why do I have to have like this external thing yeah. that also influences? I mean, I, I think it's interesting because um, what is popular for being unique, like, it's like it's like a cycle. Um, like, it feels like like when I was in high school or like speaking to people who applied during that time, it was like, oh, if you did like engineering plus medicine that was like unique like oh mm-hmm. like doing like coding computational stuff or doing like mechanical engineering building tools that was unique and then like now it's like changed where or like in the middle i think there's a there's a phase where you did public policy and you engage with public policy that was unique you were like go plus medicine that was unique and then that now that's over i think it's entering a phase where um i was interested in medical humanities where it's like that's fine that people have that interest it's just interesting because it feels like groups of people come in with like mm-hmm. interest. I'm wondering like where that comes from sometimes, mm, um, or if it's just like my personal opinion because of what I see in the programs. But that's like an interesting take where people think like they're unique, but they're actually not. Mm. It's like it's interesting because you are unique because your story is different. But if you look at it not so granularly and you take a big picture, it, like it, some of the uniqueness is lost. Yeah. Do you think that that should be like something we accept as pre-meds or like something that we try to fight against? Because like, should we make efforts to be more unique if, or is that like, yeah. So this is one thing that I think about a lot. And I think the, the pre-meds I respect the most are those who don't think about like, do I need to do shadowing or do I need to do volunteering or do I need to do research? It's, they're very singularly focused on their passions and then it relates and that that gives away to medicine like mm. um like their passion is not necessarily like so much focused on doing like medicine but it just like medicine is so important to them that whatever they do it ends up being like medically focused or healthcare related if that makes sense mm. for example somebody who's like so interested in writing like they're a great writer but ends up i don't know right like they actually write tons of articles or books or somebody who is so interested in engineering but just like medicine is so important to them that their projects are medical or healthcare related i think it's hard to tell from the outside but i'm like when you know somebody personally it's easier to see and those are people who i think are unique to me not like not because what they do is unique because i'm sure other people have like written books or like done like engineering projects but their, their passion is like unique to me because they're not um, letting medicine, they're not intentionally letting medicine take over. It's just that like they have such strong passions for certain things that they expresses mm-hmm. themselves in that way, if that makes sense. That's because I'm jealous of because I don't feel like I'm that passionate about anything. So I am really? like jealous about like their ability to let their passions like shine so brightly. Mm-hmm. So it's more like your passion leads to medicine, not that medicine like determines everything you do. Yeah, it's like they have passions outside of medicine and and they're it just like medicine's also just so important to them that it expresses themselves. Like they, can't, they just like can't help themselves in some ways, okay. you know? Yeah. I don't think that's really impressive to me because it, it just feels like their their passion and interest is so strong that it's inevitable that they like even if they try something new, it just like brings them back. Yeah. And you feel like you don't have that? I, I feel like I first of all I'm not passionate. I'm like my passion is like whatever you know i'm I, I like i don't know i feel like i'm a simple man like i don't have too many simple man. yeah um yeah like i don't know I, if i can just wake up every day and like want to get out of bed and go to work i think that's enough for me okay um which like that can be a lot i think that like there's not because there's not many things that really push me that hard i feel like that that is harder than it sounds in some ways mm. um that's why I think I'm like low motivation or like not as hardworking as other people, but um, like I, I can force myself to work, uh-huh. but like 
I think for me, like getting out of bed is pretty like symbolic of like certain things, like how, where I am at in terms of like motivation. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's return to the Harvard question. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on Harvard? Also was, yeah. Was this your top choice? What led to your decision? I remember you said you want to challenge yourself, but then also do you think your experience would have been the same at other colleges? Yeah. I, as I mentioned earlier, I think Harvard makes me really uncomfortable in some ways. So I think my top choice is actually, I really, I actually applied to Yale early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy meeting people at Yale, hanging out with Yale people. So for me, for example, um, visit days were a pretty big shock because anybody who's like Asian American probably like understands, like if you get into Harvard, there's like some pressure yeah. <laughs> from the parental side to choose it. I didn't feel super strongly going into visit days because uh, like, obviously they're both really great schools. I, the opportunities seem similar in some ways. Um, and like, I was happy to kind of go with my parents. Like you can't go wrong with Harvard versus Yale, obviously. Um, but I had visit days and like my visit day experience was so different at Harvard versus at Yale. I feel like at Harvard, I just like went around like networking for no reason and like trying to get like Already? information about school. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Like it wasn't like that in high school. Like I was very quiet in high school. Um, very introverted, didn't have like too many friends. Like, I feel like a lot of people at Harvard used to be, this is like my take on it. I think they used to be like popular kids. Like they had lots of friends and like, they go, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's a vibe I get from a lot of my friends okay. versus like, I don't have that many high school friends. I have maybe like one or two. Um, and I didn't have that many like at all going through high school. So I was very introverted. So it was very, it was super weird to me that I was like going around like, like networking, trying to like find mm-hmm. out like clubs and school and stuff, um, instead of just like meeting people. Like for the fun of it. And then I went to Bulldog Days at Yale and I met like a really great group of people. Like I still talk to them sometimes. Really? Yeah, should I shout them out? I don't know. But <laughs> uh, like I, we still like meet up every time. I'm really excited for Harvard Yale this, this year because I go see them again. Um, and I feel like I've made like actual friends there that I'll probably talk to for like a amount of time. Like I, I wouldn't go, I don't know if they're lifelong friends, but I'm hoping, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that experience like really shook me up. So I was like, damn, like what, what, what happened to make, these places like so different in my head. And so um, I, I do think it was like, at that point it was tough for me to pick Harvard because I, I did learn that the resources at Harvard were probably better because it's in Boston, it's close to MIT, there's mm-hmm. more labs here, but it was like, I think Yale was more my comfort zone with mm-hmm. um, like people that I vibe with. I felt like it was like a warmer environment there. The social scene felt mm-hmm. a little bit more welcoming, a little more open, a little bit more of like a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas at Harvard, I, I, I personally have always felt like I don't belong, not because I'm not good enough, but mm. I just don't feel like I'm a Harvard student in the sense of like what people imagine Harvard students are like, like being sociable, like going out and meeting people, having a lot of motivation, being high achieving. Mm. Like those are things I feel like I've picked up since coming to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like I've learned to become those things, like gain confidence, be those things. And that, that's because of the environment I'm currently in. I might not have gone that other schools, but that did make me uncomfortable when I was picking Harvard because I feel like there's other college experiences that I would have enjoyed more personally. I like one other thing when I was picking schools and I went to, they, they have the recruiting events, obviously they have alumni there, you talk to them. And I, 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 the phrase I heard a lot from Harvard alumni was, oh, like it opened doors to me. I really appreciate Harvard what's done for me. Um, hmm. things like that versus I feel like when I asked like Yale alumni specifically since I was um, my early school they're like yeah I love my four years at Yale that's how my life oh, those are like those are very different yeah, those are different things right Interesting. I can um, see that yeah so that was like so like the big question was almost like do I just want to go have four great years of my life and have like pretty good like academic um, professional opportunities and maybe a little bit less growth on that end or do I want to Put myself out of my comfort zone and go somewhere where i feel uncomfortable um like maybe it's not my type of people but i know that i'm capable of growing and being better and having more opportunities and maybe like having marginally better like end results and i guess i ultimately picked that over yell but it's something that particularly freshman year if you ask any of my like friends i had freshman year mm-hmm. that was something that was on my mind a lot it was kind of a dark cloud because mm-hmm. i like felt very i felt very out of place here um okay. Uh, it's just like, I, I felt like I had to be someone I wasn't mm-hmm. and yeah, and I wasn't, I was trying to like change too much of myself in, in like a short amount of time. 
Um, and I, I think it's good. Like I, I'm more sociable now. I think I'm more happy to hang out with people to reach out. Those are all good things. I'm more hardworking now. I know how to like manage things. I know like what hard work truly is in a lot of different ways. And those are all good. Like in the long grant, in the grand scheme of things, those are all, those are all very good. And that'll, it'll help me out in the future. But I, I do often think about like, even sometimes I think about state school. Like I think state school would have been so much fun hanging out with like high school friends mm-hmm. or like meeting people or just like the general, it seems like less stress. than yeah. go, I feel like almost like the better school you go to, the more hard you have to work, the more stress there is. Yeah. Um, like I think state school would have been just as amazing of experience, maybe in other ways, mm-hmm. but like the, there's also value to that um, as opposed to just like only having the grind, you know? Yeah. So if you could choose, would you have picked Yale? Uh, looking back. Looking back. After going through like three and a half, almost three and a half years. I, I feel like I should have, but I don't know if I had the bravery to do it in some ways. I feel like like picking the Harvard was almost, picking sorry, picking Harvard is almost like the easy choice because it was so justifiable in a lot of different right. ways. Like it's Harvard. Yeah, it's Harvard. Like I'm gonna be better for it. Like how could you not pick it? Uh-huh. Versus Yale, it's like stay in my comfort zone, like just enjoying first of college. I think maybe if I hadn't been thinking so strongly about doing STEM or doing pre-med, I could have been convinced to go to Yale. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing about Yale is like, I, I, I talk, I'm a big fan, but like, I think living in New Haven would have sucked because <laughs> I'm like, as I mentioned earlier, I'm big on like trying new restaurants and trying yeah. food and even Boston's like not great, but it's better than yeah, New Haven. Better, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. that, that, that's a tough one. Um, so I think it, my choice ended up coming out there's like external things as opposed to like the people at the school and the environment of the school itself. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I have a few like more personal questions. Also, it sounds like I don't appreciate Harvard, but I really do appreciate yeah. what the school has given to me. I like, yeah. I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a tour guide, so I'm telling other people to come and apply. <laughs> so obviously, to love Harvard. <laughs> yeah. So I, I obviously am appreciative for what, um, Harvard has given me and I feel like that phrase is so interesting like what Harvard has given like I didn't even think about that until you brought it up yeah it's very interesting it's like that's like the way I frame it but I I just do think about like if I'm a if I could have I just think I I reflect on like other opportunity choices I had um Mm -hmm. I mean a lot I think a lot of people would make similar decisions to that I imagine most Harvard kids have gone to other Ivy League schools so it's probably not a new like a novel concept to them but it's something that's like on my mind a lot particularly like when i hang out with kids from other schools and it feels very different like this summer i lived with mit kids and i think i had a great summer like i've never i never felt um like not welcome or outside mm-hmm. of their social circles even though i was entirely you know i didn't know anybody i was always welcome like open arms very safe space environment versus like there were times at harvard where i felt like i was unwelcome or mm-hmm. um like I felt like I was different or like I wasn't social enough and so I couldn't hang out with people and so that, that's like that's like the gripe and the moments like that where I'm like maybe it would have been different socially at other places but again I'm, I'm very thankful I go to such mm-hmm. an amazing school and there, there are amazing people here mm-hmm. um that I've met and so I, I am appreciative of those people as well but it's just something that's like on my mind yeah, yeah. I, I think it's always good to like think about like what if but yeah um okay I have like two last questions for you the first is um like what motivates you now? That's a really big question, like, which you don't have to immediately answer, but. Does it have to be different from before? No. Okay. I, I think like for me, um, the vibe I get from a lot of Harvard kids is like, what motivates them is to, to do better, to always do their best or be the best in some ways. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've always just been happy to like do good enough, do well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, I feel like I'm pretty simple. Like I have some like simple pleasures. Like you know, I want to have enough money to like go and eat when I want to. I want mm-hmm. to have enough money to like do things I enjoy, like skiing, tennis. Which obviously those are not like cheap, so I have to work. I think I have to work like a decent job. But it's the big thing is I want I want to feel motivated to wake up every day. I feel like if there's every day mm-hmm. or like or a period of time where I just wake up every day and like I don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. that makes me really sad. Yeah. Um, and part of them, like that's why I think medicine. It, it sounds weird, but in some ways, it's an easy choice for that because you wake up every day, you're gonna make a difference in somebody's life. Um, so it, it's easy to be motivated to wake up every day because you know you're gonna be doing good work, something meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's like for me a big draw of going to medicine is is that it's kind of it's a little bit selfish, but I do think you it, it's not it's not always just about giving back. It's like you have to enjoy yeah. it and want to want to do medicine. 
So that's my little selfish part of like, it's an easy way to every day feel like I'm waking up for a good reason for something meaningful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think like that's, that's what motivates me the most. I I don't want to like just one day wake up and not want to do anything. Mm. Um, but, but besides that, I'm also, I want, I think I want to maintain diversity and try new things. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think it's important to like, what usually like is a driving factor for me is just, I want to be outside my comfort zone, like regardless of what it is, it's not like I'm interested in a certain thing, but I'll try because it's new to me. And that's something that's like always, um, I think that's something that's always been pretty good. I've been pretty good about is not being scared of trying new things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, 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 I'm just like generally not that motivated. Like I, I just feel like my, I require some, sometimes like external forces, but so something I've like learned a lot is to generate those forces for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like part of, part of what I've learned here at Harvard. Um, but yeah, it's like a hard question because I don't feel like I'm like that guy that you see that's Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like, look at him, he's working so hard. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, people, people disagree, but I I think, I don't (laughs) think I'm that guy. That's okay. Yeah. But that makes perfect sense. Um, I think that's a great answer. What Um, what motivates you? Do you answer this question? Oh no, I will not be answering this question because I don't know. (laughs) Actually, okay, I will say one thing. I think what motivates me is, um, like, the impact that I have on other people and then the impact they have on me. Um, I feel like one thing I've learned is that like a big part of college is just like the relationships that you, you create. Um, Cause I think for me, like the people that I've met here have honestly like changed a lot about like how I view life, but this isn't a podcast about me. So last question. About mean, it's your podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will talk about this later, but um, last question is just, so you're gonna you're not gapping so you're going straight into med yeah. school like what are some of your feelings about graduating and then going to this environment that's just so different like do you think you're like what when you think about leaving harvard and going into med school like what do you feel what do i feel how do you feel how do i feel in some ways i think i'm ready in some ways i think i'm i wish i had taking more time to do some other things like to live life more at Harvard. like um just in general like i feel i want to go to med school i want to become a doctor soon i, I enjoy working in the environment i want to i want to go to work i want to like be done with school sooner but i think like you said earlier um relationships are important and sometimes i wonder if i could have taken more time to try to meet people. i'm very happy with my group of friends but um, sometimes I do wonder if I could have taken more time. Like sophomore, instead of taking like orgo and physics and stat like all at the same time, both semesters, if I just take it a little bit slower and, um, you know, went out more with friends, uh, hung out with more people, like put myself out there more. Uh, I, that's something I think about. And so in some ways, I wish I had taken more time to do that, but I don't know if say like a gap year would help with that mm-hmm. because those are, Sometimes those feel like short-term wants mm. versus like, I, I see myself going to med school. Like I, I see myself being a doctor. There's like, no way I'm not a doctor for like in 40 years. That's something I feel very strongly. And so like long-term, my goals are like pushing me to be a harder worker, to do more, to go to med school. And I don't know if a year of break would, I, I'm not sure a year of break would do to me. That's like, I have apprehension and excitement and potentially taking a gap year, but I, I think that the right thing, I feel like the right thing is to, to go to med school because mm-hmm. I do feel ready right now. I feel, and I don't want to like kind of let that moment pass. Um, I think it's important to feel ready for whatever your next step is. Mm-hmm. And I feel ready now. So that's something that's a step I want to take now. Yeah. Do you think you got everything out of Harvard that you wanted to? I mean, you still have like another semester and a half. So everything I want. I think mostly actually. So when I came to college, my big goals were to do all my classes, to do research and to find things that maybe people that I love and want to do. I want, sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. Find like things I want to do with people I love spending time with. Um, so I think on the research front, I've done a pretty good job. Classes have been, have been better now that I have more 
bigger, like a more full picture of what I'm interested in. And I, I think this, the last one is the people one is the only one where I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like my circle is smaller than a lot of other Harvard kids, which is it's just fine. Like I appreciate how close I am with my good friends, but just, it is nice to know more people. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like one thing it's like, this, this might be TMI, but like not having been in a relationship at all in mm-hmm. college is something I also think about because dating in the real world seems pretty terrifying yeah and i think college is like a nice time mm. where you're surrounded by lots of people similar age um not so, like everybody's probably gone to harvard like they're motivated they're they're ambitious they're they're smart like um those are all things you might look for in, in like a significant other so it like would have been a good time too but that's also something you can't force right so it, it is what it is yeah mm. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I, I want to talk That's about. That's all I have for you. But if there's anything else, oh. you have the space. I think we're gonna ask about work-life balance. What happened to that? Well, if you want to talk about it, you can. But I feel like sure. Go ahead. Work I do want to. I think it is important. That's like okay, that's one thing it. I learned not from Harvard, but from Dylan. So if people have been loyal watchers of this podcast, you know Dylan's a, um, He's famous. Yeah. My best buddy Dylan. Um, I think okay. I've learned the probably the most about work life balance from Dylan. Okay. Not that not because like I don't know if Dylan has the best work life balance, but because Dylan does have a commitment to like treating himself, which is something that I've kind of struggled with because I often feel guilty about like spending money to like buy things that I, I just like want and don't need. Like recently I bought like six pairs of white sneakers and they're just sitting on my shelf. I'm like, oh, I have some. Oh my gosh. And or like or like when I go to eat dinner, it's like a three hour experience. And like, I'm like, shoot, I pizza suit tomorrow. Should I be working on that instead? So like, kind of like Dylan's very honest about like when he wants something, he just goes and buys or he wants to do something. He doesn't think so much about mm, um, those other things. Mm-hmm. And so that has been pretty inspiring for me to like commit to my interests. So I, I call myself a booty, but this is actually the first year I'm making a commitment to actually go out to eat like every week. So this week, this semester, I'm like, I have a restaurant reservation booked for every single week. I think that's, that goes in line with work-life balance and the fact that um, like, work-life balance is a commitment. Like you, um, sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, to find something and then just not go because work is in the way. But like the nice thing about having reservations, it's like, it costs me money to cancel sometimes. Like, oh, I already booked it, might as well go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I think yeah. being super intentional about making time and like picking classes so that you have time and things like that, that's like something I've learned. I'm really appreciative of that. I think that's mm-hmm. in my quality of life much higher. That's good. Um, yeah, it, it is time though. So like, there are times when I'm like, I am screwed for work, but I don't know things things work out. Like, things always work out. Not, they usually work out. Yeah, it's not as serious as you think it is in the moment. Yeah. Like in the moment, you're like, oh, this piece is so important to like. Yeah. Whatever, but afterwards you're like, why is I stressing? It's not that serious. Yeah. Dang, I feel like hearing how you took orgo physics and stat sophomore year for both semesters sounds terrible like did you go out at all like no i spent like every waking moment studying that's insane yeah um but also that moment i felt it's like the guilt coming in like freshman year i like thought i was taking easier classes so i underestimated my workloads so like oh i think like my piece that's mostly good so then i i like went out like decent amount like freshman year like was like not taking work super seriously so i felt like for me, freshman year was a pseudo gap year in some ways because I like felt like I wasn't fully doing the student experience. So sophomore year, I was feeling unbelievably motivated. Like I, I actually enjoyed sophomore fall a ton. Mm-hmm. About even though I was like Sat One Ten, Chem Seventeen, uh, PS Twelve B, and uh, Linguistics Eighty Three. I think it's like pretty heavy course load, but I felt like pretty fulfilled doing that mm-hmm. because those classes were of interest to me. That's like where I felt like I like hit my stride. I know a lot of people, other people were like, oh, sophomore slump, but I really feel like sophomore hit my stride with commitment to doing work, commitment to being better about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now do you feel like you're more in the middle? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more in the middle now. I think this, it's like, for me also, it's like finding the balance between what I think I should be and who I actually am. Um, That's so deep. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm very transparent. Um, I keep, I think I keep it a hundred. I'm very loyal as a friend, but sometimes uh, I don't always think that's the right thing to do. So something I grapple with, or like, 
um, how hardworking should I be? Because as I mentioned, I've kind of molded myself to be more hardworking, but there are moments where I'm like, like, what's so wrong with like being lazy today? You know? Yeah. So it's, it's always a balance. And I feel like I'm like, you know, it's like, like a shape shift. My face is like changing every other day. Cause I don't know where I'm settling. Yeah. It's really interesting because I, sophomore and junior year, I had a lot of clarity, I feel like. And then this year where I'm almost graduating, almost done, you would think I have more clarity now, mm-hmm. but in some ways I feel like I have less clarity as things are coming to a close. Is it cause you don't know like what you want to be? It's, I don't know. It's like a lot of things at the same time. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's the just fear of the, what's next, but yeah. like, like med school. Yeah, it feels like almost like work is slightly less now, so I have more time to, to think. think. Mm. I'm like an over, I'm I'm a huge overthinker. Me too. So the more I think, the more I'm like, dang, like, I don't maybe I don't know what I want. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I guess like I I know I want to go to med school, but I like when you're in in the moment of doing work, all you can think about is how like how far your goals are away. And so just like, I'm going to keep working to my goal. Like it's so far. I'm going to keep like driving and pushing, but things are getting close. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost there. It's like, am I going to, I'm going to grab it. Like, do I, am I ready? You know, am I ready to, to, to grab it and move on and to to commit? It's a commitment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's coming a moment of commitment for me soon. Wow. Commitment's always hard. So. Yeah. That's very understandable though. Hmm. Well, anything else? Anything, <laughs> anything else? else you say? No, I think I think it's a good, good. spot. Okay, that was, yeah. thank you so much for joining me. That was very interesting. Um, Are you scared? I think I'm both nervous and reassured because, like, I think all the things that you said are things that I felt too. Um, and it's nice to know that like the president of the Prima Society. You, you say that like it's like a big things. position, but I swear to God, I just lucked into see, it. See, okay, that's what he says. But like, I don't think you understand how people see you who don't know, like, especially freshmen and like people who don't really know like your reasoning or like the actual, which first of all, it is a very like good I don't know. It's a very admirable position, sure. but also like hearing like president of the pre-med society at Harvard is definitely like, it makes people feel a certain way. Yeah. So like, I don't know. And not saying you're like unaccomplished. I think you're very accomplished, but like it is comforting to like hear. Yeah. Like, and I'm not like the standard mold of like, yeah. Oh, like it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think you're doing great. So appreciate it. Um, yeah. Thank you for joining me. This is very interesting. Um, and if there's anything else uh, you want to say, you can go for it. But if not, I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Sounds good. Good. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening and supporting. Um, and yeah, as always, I really appreciate your feedback. And I love it when you guys reach out to me. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Kevin. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>